0: It's really easy for us to think the thing that's holding us back is something external as a musician, I'm going to get better. When I get that new piece of gear, when I learn that brand new skill, but I found in years and years of coaching students, how to perform on stage with Ableton live, it's not anything external. It's all completely internal in today's episode of behind the space where I'm going to share exactly what that is. That's holding you back and share three tips that will allow you to move forward and make progress. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to Behind the Spacebar. If you're brand new, welcome. This is the place for you. If you're a musician, music director, playback tech, uh, honestly, really anyone using Ableton Live on stage. And if you've been listening for a while, um, then I'm so glad you're here. Welcome back. Thanks for your support. Thanks for all the kind words after last week's episode. Uh, birthday wishes to From City to Stage. Again, I, I kind of pinch myself daily. Uh, how fortunate, how blessed I am to be able to do this. Uh, today's episode is going to be short. Of course, I always say that and I go 25, 30 minutes, but that's uh, I'm going to speak that into existence. Uh, today's episode is going to be short. Today's episode is kind of based off um, some some struggles, some things I've seen in my own life that I see replicated again in students uh, over and over and over and over. Um, this is something that, again, as I kind of teased in the beginning, we, we want to make progress in our career. We want to make progress, make things better, uh, but we feel like we're being held back externally. And as I found in not just music, but in all aspects of life, our biggest struggles are not external struggles. Typically, they're internal struggles, they're mindset uh, you know, uh, type of things. And we're not going to talk about mindset today. But we here's my main thought. My main thought is uh, I want you to stop letting your preferences get in the way of progress. Stop letting your preferences get in the way of progress. This is all tied into that phrase that I've talked about many, many times on this podcast before that's kind of become the the unofficial motto of From Studio to Stage, which is humbly confident, humbly curious. Uh, And the whole idea there is to be really confident in your setup, to be really confident in your knowledge, but always be curious enough to wonder, is there a better way? Is there something new for me to learn? And so I think that ties in perfectly to this idea of stop letting your preferences get in the way of progress. I wanna share uh, kind of the best recent example I can think of that's not my own is I had a really good friend reach out to me. He's currently on the road. I won't say his name um, as to get him in trouble, but he is currently out on the road doing playback with a with an artist. And this is a well-established artist. If, if I said uh, their name, you would know the band, you would know songs they've done. Um, I honestly, I'm I, I, oh no, I'm that stage of my life that I'm an old enough man that I can't tell you any of their songs, but I know their name. But you may be a similar place, but regardless. So my buddy is uh, out on the road working with this artist, and they had worked with a, a playback tech for many, many years. I think kind of from the beginning, the launching of their, their career, musical c- career, they've worked with this playback tech. And so my friend came in and he looked at their current setup and he said, hey, why are you guys doing it this way? And I said, well, we've always done it that way. That's why we're doing that. And he said, well, um, you know, because of the way you have this set up and spoiler alert, if you've been around the podcast, my teaching in a while, they had their system, their setup in session view. And he said, well, why don't we consider moving it to arrange view?" Well, we, I, we can't do that. The way we do things, we really blah, blah, blah. And he's like, okay. So he did a couple gigs with them in session view. And then on his own accord, he went and rebuilt their set in arrangement view. And uh, they were in a rehearsal. And uh, he started to kind of say, Hey, let me open this arrangement view set so we can test some things out. So they were in a rehearsal and they said, Hey, can we uh, pick up from that section? And uh, and he said, yeah, actually we can. And they thought, Oh, well, that's interesting. We've never been able to do that that quickly. Uh, And they said, well, we, we actually want to take this five minute arrangement. We're going to cut it down to about a three minute arrangement. Um, Just go ahead and edit that. Let us, you know, get back to us, let us know how long that's going to take. And he went, all right, we're done. And they looked at him and said, how in the world did you do that? And he said, well, it's because I've moved us into arrangement view. And he texted me recently and said they were actually performing for a um, a national television show, morning show. And the same thing happened. They wanted to start right before section. And he immediately did that. And they kind of looked at him like, oh, wow, that's really, really cool. And uh, he said they had kind of lived in this world where In order to make edits to songs, it would literally be a one to two day process because of the way that this initial person had set things up, they were stuck in this world where they could not progress to the next thing. They could not progress to have more freedom and flexibility. They were stuck in this box in this world uh, to where they had to wait for this playback tech to go home, to open up a session, to make the edits, to re-export them, to re-import them back into their set. Um, and, and and that example may not completely relate to you. You may go, but Will, I don't need to ever make edits. I'm going to stay in session. You, whatever. We can all be friends. We can all disagree and get along. But the point I want to make about that is that's a particular scenario where this playback tech that started with that band um, locked that band into a place where they were not progressing. They were not improving. And the only reason was because of that playback tech's personal preferences, okay? So I want to go back to that initial thought that I I shared at the beginning. Stop letting your preferences get in the way of progress. Stop letting your comfort zone be the thing that dictates how far you go, the new things you try. We need to branch out. Again, let's take that as our motto, humbly confident, humbly curious, and let's see if we can make some progress and move in a new direction to try some new things out. That's really what I wanna challenge you in this episode. Uh, and again, I've got a couple things, three things I wanna share uh, that I think will will allow you to do that, help you to do that. But before we do that, I just wanna give you a quick, real easy, free thing to do. If you're listening to this, you wanna start using Able to Live On Stage for tracks, you're a playback tech and you go, similar to my friend's story where you go, man, I want that freedom and flexibility you talked about where we're not just locked into an arrangement, we can adjust, we can flow. I wanna encourage you to download my free tracks template. My free tracks template, is completely free, works with Ableton Live uh, 9, 10, and 11, uh, intro standard and suite, Mac and PC. And boy, did it take a long time to figure out each little individual quirk of each of those ecosystems to make it work and be uh, compatible across each of those. But you're gonna get this free template that has been refined for years and years and years, and again, working with thousands and thousands of students to say, this is the easiest, best way to get started with running with tracks. Not only are you going to get the template, but when you download it for free, you're going to get access to a six day email course where I show you exactly how to use and implement that template into your setup. You don't have to figure this out on your own. You'll have access to that training uh, that's going to answer every question you have about that. So if you want access to that template again completely for free, then head to from slash template. That's from slash template. We'll put a link in the uh, show notes in the description of this video uh, if you want to check that out. Uh, another just ask real quick, because we're here and this is something I should try to do more often. Um, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, do me a favor and leave us a rating and review, follow the show. If you're watching over on YouTube, consider hitting the subscribe button. It's completely free. It costs you absolutely nothing. Um, and it's just a way to support uh, this content and continue to get this in in uh, in front of other people, which is really, really beneficial. So. If we don't wanna let our preferences get in the way of progress, how do we do that? I have three things really quickly I wanna share with you um, that I think are gonna help uh, make that happen, right? Uh, No matter how you view this, whether it's related to being a playback tech, and I'm gonna make all these examples I have are specific to being a playback tech. Um, every you know note that I have here, every story I have here is tied into being a playback tech. But honestly, we can apply this to any aspect of our life. So, number one thing that we can do to help us stop letting our preferences get in the way of progress is to audit our current systems. Um, look at the things that you're currently doing. And I made a couple of notes here. I'm going to pull these up so I can take a look to make sure I remember everything here. I made a couple of notes of of things to um, to consider. What are your current systems? And again, this applies outside of being a playback tech, but here's the things I specifically thought of to this crowd that uses the Able to Live On Stage. Uh, Gear, audit your current gear setup. Is it doing what you want it to do? Is there some other gear that you could potentially consider? A new uh, set list management plugin? Is there a new audio interface that you could consider that would improve your system? Um, Think about your process. What's the process of getting stems from the artist or from the producer, from the mix engineer into your Ableton session? What's the process of going up and showing up to rehearsal? What's the process of working with a music director? How could those things be improved? So look at your current systems and go, what's working, what isn't working, how could we improve those? Uh, think about just the structure of how you have things set up, right? Um, does the MD, you know, does the artist communicate with the MD which communicates with you? Does that work? What if there is a world where, um, you know, instead of the music director running tracks, you were running tracks? What if, just consider all those things. What are those things about structure? And then here's a big one um, uh, to really kind of dig into that I think is gonna help improve things for you what are your current limitations so when you audit your current systems what are your current limitations well you know if we want to repeat something if we want to have flexibility um then uh we can't do that right now i have to go away i have to come back bring that back in well ask yourself is there a better way to do this um, audit your current systems and go a limitation I have is I can't have freedom and flexibility. There's gotta be a better way to do that. Let me kind of pursue that and see if I can figure that out and find a better way to do it. So number one, audit your current systems, gear, process, structure, limitations, and try to find solutions to that. Number two is test your assumptions. What are things that you believe to be true? Um, and you're not really sure if they're true or not, but you believe them to be true. How can you test those? How can you look at those to say, um, uh, is this th- is this assumption actually reality? A-, a question I often try to ask myself in all of life is, but what if you're wrong? And uh, I have a pretty personal story where I won't share too many details, but had a scenario uh, about five years ago where there's a group of people that were assuming a lot of things about me and about things that I had done that just were not true. And I knew they were not true. I had a circle of people around me that knew they were not true, but this particular circle of people believed these things about me to be true that were not true. And because of that, they made a lot of assumptions about me based on their assumptions of me, right? Things that they believed to be true. And I always um, just kind of ask the question, but what if you're wrong? You know, if, if you think, well, Will did this because he's this type of person that does this sort of thing, it's a helpful utility to say, but what if you're wrong? And I do that self, uh, do that to myself all the time when I'm, you know, considering relationships with other people. When I'm um, considering things about able ableism, I'm right. At, literally, this could not be a better time. I'm right in the middle of. There's a stack of note cards here. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see this. I'm right in the middle of testing and going through this CPU test to try to figure out is there a way that I can tell you reliably. Um, how many tracks your computer can run, how many songs you can have in an Ableton Live set, what your latency is going to be on your system, and tell you that before you go through the process of building a set and and find those limits on the front end before you get to those limits on the back end. And so I'm in the process of testing a lot of assumptions. I have index cards full of questions where I say, okay, how much does sample rate in different sample rates affect an Ableton set? How much does warping in a file affect your CPU usage, Uh, and I have assumptions about that. You know, an assumption is that in 20 plus years of teaching people and coaching people how to use Ableton Live, never, ever, ever once has any issue related to using Ableton Live been related to sample rate. And if you come from another software, um, another DAW, then, you know, sample rate is super important. And if you even read the Ableton manual, it says, hey, all your samples, all your files in your Ableton set should be the same sample rate. And so I have worked under the assumption that I could say is slightly validated because every single person that's reached out and they've maybe communicated with someone else that's in a different software world has said, oh, well, they looked at my set and they said, the reason I'm having issues is I have different sample rates in a set. And I've routinely said to those people over and over, nope, that's not the reason you're having issues. I promise you it's not the reason. They go through, they sample, convert everything, load it back into their set, guess what? They're still having issues. So I feel pretty strongly still about that assumption. I have some truth to back it up, but I'm literally right now testing that assumption. I have an assumption that uh, warping, uh, despite the CPU hit that it makes is worth the the effort because of the freedom and flexibility that it allows you. But I'm literally in the process right now of testing that to tell you if you enable your files to complex, to complex warp, uh, to complex pro, warp them that way, this is the CPU hit that you're going to take, and then I'm going to give you the numbers to tell you whether it's worth it or not in your scenario. So as opposed to just having this assumption um, that, uh, hey, if you warp, you're an idiot, uh if, if you warp your you're degrading your files and you're causing CPU hits. And if you don't make your all your samples the right sample rate, your set's gonna fall apart. Instead of having those simply assumptions, I'm trying to test those things. Okay. So number one, audit your current systems. What are your current limitations? How can you solve those? Number two, test your assumptions. Uh we cannot do this in Ableton. I can't tell you the amount of people that have reached out to me that have said, uh, I would use Ableton if I could just do this. And I reply back to them and go, Bro, we, you've been able to do that for five years. I don't know what planet, what world you've been living in. But again, you, you heard from a buddy, from a buddy, from a buddy down the street. You've just assumed that to be true. Uh, test your assumptions. Number three, and this solves that problem of hearing things from other people. Try new things. Okay, Audit your current systems. Test your assumptions. Try new things. And, and what I mean by that is I had someone very recently reach out and say, hey, I'm considering getting Able to Live. I, I want to try Able to Live. I'm really interested in it. But uh, I've heard all over Reddit, which uh, honestly I think the the most secure foundation to base your life on is uh, things you you read on Reddit. But they said um, I heard on Reddit that Ableton just crashes all the time, and it's it's not as good as this other software, and it's blah blah blah. blah. And I'm not trying to make fun of them, uh, not not making fun of the, the the concern that they have because you're about to invest money in a software, you want to make sure it's the right fit for you. Um, you're kind of concerned. And they, they wrote this super long email, and I think they expected me to come back and defend this software uh, to the death and, and explain why all the idiots on Reddit are wrong. Um, you know, first of all, is they're posting on Reddit and arguing on the Internet, which you know, that's you know, shows your level of intelligence there. But um, my response back to this person that reached out was just simply, hey, download the trial and try it for yourself. And the message there is I could try to convince you and I could try to convince you and try to convince you, but you know who the best person to convince yourself of something is? You. If you uh, are unsure about this thing, you, you go, I wonder if I could uh, run tracks and arrangement view as opposed to session uh, view. Uh, and I go... Well, you know, my current system, my current limitation says I don't have the freedom and flexibility to repeat. Okay, great. I, I'm testing my assumption that session view is the only way to run tracks. Uh, a range of view is for uh, idiots and lazy people. That was one I heard one time, which I thought was really interesting. It, I haven't heard that one since, but uh, God bless you for that one, sir. Um, Arrangement of views for lazy people. And so I, I can't use a range of view. Well, you know, the best way to figure out if a range of views for you is to number three, try new things, to try it out and see if it works for you. Because the beauty of this is if you try something new and it doesn't work, you can always go back to the old way of doing it, right? Some things are permanent, um, but mostly in life and most decisions and things we try are just uh, simple decisions that we try. And if it works, great, implement it. If not, then discard it. Um, That's the way I approach it, right? As I go, uh, and I'm looking at this right now, currently for me is, is looking at this, the way I teach tracks, the way I've taught people to use tracks for many, many years, and I'm constantly poking holes into that. And I'm constantly going, well, should I continue to teach people to use virtual MIDI drivers when things like Ableset and Setlist and Conductor and Taz um, and the Leo box exist in a world where all those things exist? Is there still a need for a virtual MIDI driver? And again, I'm testing those assumptions. I'm trying out these new pieces of gear, learning these new pieces of gear. So side note, I have courses that you can get access to all of those and learn them uh, alongside of um, hundreds of other students that are part of the Fib Studio Stage community. But um, I'm testing my assumptions. I'm trying new things out as opposed to just looking at it and going, that's stupid. Only an idiot would ever do that. I'm not gonna try that. And To be honest and i think i've shared this before i mean that's my natural approach like not to call everyone an idiot but to see new things and my initial approach is to to um feel insecure and to to try to make that thing look bad because it's not my thing right have you ever noticed that the people that preach that this is the the way to do things are always in agreement with the the right way right have you ever noticed that anyone that says hey the only way to do this happens to be my way also. No one's ever standing up and saying, this is the way to do it. Now, I don't currently believe that. I don't currently do it. Um, th- it's kind of one of those things where, uh, again, you've just you've got to constantly be trying things out and going, is there a better way to do this? I'm testing my assumptions. I'm audit- auditing my current system to say, is there a better way to do this? And then just try it. As opposed to me, I-, I think I've gotten better over the past few years, as opposed to looking at a new thing and feeling threatened by it and shutting down and naming all the different ways that it doesn't work. I just try it. Um, and I think I see that pet peeve. Uh, that's a pet peeve of mine. I see that very clearly in other people. I'll post about a new piece of software and someone will instantly say, yeah, so-and-so does it better. And my next response is, oh, so you've tried both of them. And when you compared both of them back to back, you like this one over the other. And the response is never, well, yes, it's just this is what I use. So I'm going to attack everything else that that. Uh, Could potentially threaten my uh, existence. Um, And again, I look at that and get frustrated. And then I go, that's me. That's how I naturally am. And so I'm trying to do better uh, about, again, just trying new things. If you're interested in trying new things, a new way to run tracks, uh, I would say a better way to run tracks to use Ableton Live on stage. Again, head to from studiosstage.com slash template. Um, You're going to download my free track template. You're going to get access to my six day email course where I'm going to share exactly. Again, exactly how to use tracks, how to use them on stage in a way that's stable, efficient, and I think best of all, flexible. So you're not locked into a specific arrangement and a specific specific version of your song. Okay, that's all I've got for this week. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you happen to be watching on YouTube, do me a favor. Hit that subscribe button. You know the drill, enable the bell icon so you don't miss out when we post brand new content. Uh, If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, then please consider subscribing, following the show, leave a rating or review, share this with someone you think would enjoy it. Um, Most of all, thanks so much for watching. See you on the next one. Bye everybody, take care.